Working it out, trying to find a way to say what you mean. Talking it out, trying to figure out how to play out the scene. Can you do what you need to pass the litmus test? We're going on. Welcome back to Composer Quest. Last episode, I talked with Mitchell Johnson from Spencer McGillicuddy. In this episode, I talk with his songwriting partner, Ryan Ruff Smith. Ryan is a wordsmith by nature. He graduated with an English degree, and now he's in Florida studying creative fiction. So a lot of this episode is dedicated to lyrics, how to write concisely, focused ideas, how to use subtext, how to use characters, all that good stuff. And finally, we talk a little about leaving your job for a creative pursuit. And Ryan shares his own experience in staying motivated. Ryan also just put out a solo EP, four songs, produced by Tyler Thole. So we'll get to hear some of those tracks as well. Here we are on Composer Quest, episode two, here with Ryan Ruff-Smith, uh, good friend and talented songwriter. Ryan, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing, Charlie? <laughs> good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Ryan is a pretty amazing lyricist, and uh, we did a songwriting challenge just as a group of friends, and this is probably the most uh, most impressive Ryan musical moment for me, strangely <laughs> enough, but your song... Once a man, two times a Muppet. <laughs> Once a man, two times a Muppet. Less like a boy and more like a puppet. Overall. Overall. Tell us a little bit about that experience. <laughs> well, thanks. So, um, yeah, so that was, uh, let's see, it was me, you, Mitchell, and Pete. Jensen yep. and Bubba Holland Horst yep. all got together um, and and Bubba had kind of brought to us the idea of this songwriting game where you throw a bunch of titles uh, you know potential song titles in a hat or whatever and everyone draws a title and then you have what we took 45 minutes I think mm-hmm. to write a song with that title and um, you know you can't work work on it past that you just have to get it done and then you show it to the group and so the song I pulled had to be called Once a Man Two Times a Muppet yeah it's like a three and a half minute song or something and just like awesome rhyming and <laughs> the ratio of man that is me is approximately equal to one out of three. Oh, can't you see when you're writing songs do you think in terms of lyrics and does the melody come with it or is it What's um, your process usually? It, it really depends. Uh, so usually for me, the the kind of the major thing that has to happen before I can really dig into a song is is kind of the idea. Um, and so it's it's kind of about the lyrics, but it doesn't have to be all the lyrics. It's just kind of like what's the the hook or kind of the, tr- the turn of phrase that is this song is going to kind of you know turn on. And that um, oftentimes would be the title. You know, usually in a song like the main idea is often encapsulated in the title, but sometimes not. Um, so usually that's kind of the spark that gets me 
going. But I, I've definitely done it other ways too, where you just sit down with a guitar and start to figure out chords and melody and then put words on top of that. But I'd say more often I tend to be kind of words first. I get the idea for a song and then I think about, okay, well, what's the, the mood of that idea? And then try to write music to match that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I was in the Jeremy Messersmith panel oh yeah before your guys's concert with him and he was saying that one of the best things to start with is a title mm-hmm. for a song and i just never have thought that way <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that's great advice though because songs are such a compact form um and uh and they're they're kind of circular right they always keep coming back to the same idea uh usually you know there's a degree of repetition in a chorus or um uh you know even someone like bob dylan who like a lot of his early songs didn't have full choruses the verses would all end with the same line or a similar line and and you know what's interesting about his songs is how the context of what comes before it each time kind of changes the meaning of um you know uh, of a uh title like one too many mornings or you know times era changing you know like the kind of the flavor of those ideas uh is kind of seasoned by uh each verse that comes before it and so repeating it um you know it kind of takes on a sort of cumulative power so yeah i i uh i I would condone title for songwriting for sure Hmm. yeah another thing jeremy messersmith mentioned too was um rhyming um it seemed like a really good piece of advice to circle all the words that rhyme in a song and if they're important words then you're doing something right but if they're like of and love may well maybe those are maybe love is important in your song but right but of and above or something yeah, like that yeah oh uh, i've i noticed that with your songwriting though that you tend to rhyme the most uh thought-provoking words a lot of times. I don't know if you do that consciously. I've never thought about that, so I guess I'm getting lucky. But yeah, that I mean, now that you say it, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense because, um, yeah, often if if you're if the rhyming words aren't important words, then it means you're probably kind of stretching for a rhyme and that you're not putting the content of the song first. You're, you know, just trying to kind of fill in some blanks, maybe. You know, because a song can kind of be like a Mad Lib in that way, since it is a rhyming form most of the time. So, you know, sometimes the meaning becomes kind of a, a slave to the meter, or sometimes the other way around. And mm-hmm. so that's definitely a challenge. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself more so a writer now that I suppose since you're in grad school for creative fiction? Probably right now I feel more confident as a songwriter because it's something that I've been doing for a lot longer um, and have done in a more professional capacity than I've written fiction. Um, so uh, that's definitely you know something I'm interested in pursuing and hope to have as have a career in writing fiction, but. I, th- I think I'm still definitely learning that craft. And of course, you know, you're always learning any craft. So I, I have a lot to learn still in songwriting too, but I feel like I have more finished products in the world of songwriting than I do with fiction right now. Yeah. So far. So you far. You just have to yeah. premiere your pieces to the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have one story that one of my instructors told me was done. And, and that was oh. a cool feeling because I've never <laughs> nice. been done with a story before. I didn't know what that felt like. Nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out what I should do with the next draft. He's like, oh, no, no, that yeah. one's done. So. Pencils down. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> pencils down. Yeah. Because yeah, with, with anything, there does come a time when you have to stop. You have to let it go. It's good enough and move on. And yeah, I, I don't think there are any perfect stories or any perfect songs. You know, I think anything you could you really work on forever but um at some point it gets as far as it needs to go and i think if you kept working on the same song or story forever you know it'd probably get a little old for you and for the rest of the world so mm-hmm. yeah 
How does um, what you're learning in your creative fiction classes and does that help you out as a songwriter too? Do you think or? You know, that's a good question. I think um, I, th- I think that there are a lot of connections between the two forms that maybe I haven't thought a ton about consciously. Um, but so, for example, uh, you know, one kind of key of fiction is the art of subtext, which is, you know, when two characters are having a conversation, it's not realistic for them to say exactly what they're thinking and feeling at the at every moment um, and just or explaining things to the reader by talking to each other because that's not how people talk. And usually, you know, people have uh, a motive or an agenda or some some feelings involved, but they're usually not at the surface. They're kind of more down below. And so what they say shows those things, maybe betrays those things a little bit, but it doesn't always, you know, directly reveal those. And I think that's a really powerful tool in songwriting too. Some of my favorite songs are um, obvious denial songs where the, you know, the narrator of the song is saying one thing but because they say it so many times and because of the context of the verses, you don't really believe them. Um, hmm. Like uh, Bob Dylan's song, Mama, You've Been On My Mind, uh, which a few other people have recorded too. He's basically saying like, I don't want to get back together with you. It's no big deal. Like, you know, you just been on my mind. I've just been thinking about you. And I think one way to read the song is that's really what it is. And that's kind of cool because it's not something people, it's not a feeling people usually sing about. But uh it also, you know, I think you can definitely read that as subtext where really he does want to be with this person. He's thinking about her because he wants to be with her, but he knows he can't be. And so he's kind of making it okay for himself by singing to himself that, no, 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 I'm just thinking about you. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a, uh, because I I'd, I'd thought about subtext in terms of like, yeah, fiction writing and films and scripts. and But yeah, and songs is interesting too. I've, I've been kind of thinking about how it seems almost more powerful when someone takes on a character when they're singing yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't know. Like I sometimes get tired of songs that are like unabashedly just emotional. Like this is how I feel. And yeah, and- yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a fine line and it's a weird one because I think the song does have a really uh, unique ability to be confessional and to, to show the writer's emotions. But if, um, uh, you know, you kind of run into like the who cares problem if it's just nothing but a- an emotion dump and it doesn't have any kind of character or any kind of story to it that the listener can kind of enter in to it by, then it, it does start to feel a little indulgent maybe. And, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so, and, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of beginning songwriters feel like, hey, like I'm just putting my feelings out there. This is how I was feeling in the moment. Like I'm not going to perfect this for other people's enjoyment. This is just, you know, I'm just being real. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think with both, you know, with fiction, with songs, with any art, you kind of have to find some compromise between getting ideas out there and actually having them make sense to people and reach people in a way that they they can actually connect with them. So Mm -hmm. unless you just want it to be, you know, a journal or a diary for your own purposes and then. Yeah. You can listen to those songs in your in your room, and that's great. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say in your own music, how often are you like playing a persona or a character, or is it kind of a blend of them? Uh, I'd say most of the time, but they're probably personas that are r- rarely too far from from me. I I have you know kind of tried to go um, for like character character songs. I think of like you know, a group like the Decemberists or someone like Tom Waits, like really right in, in characters in kind of an obvious and dramatic way. And one of my first songs with Spencer McGillicuddy, Dear Abbas, was from the point of view of a 
of an old man who is in love with a, a nun, the abbess of, of an abbey. And that's, you know, definitely nowhere near my own experience. But. Dear abbess, won't you hear my humble prayer? Oh, I'm not in the habit of exposing my emotions to the air. Most of the time, it's, uh, it's the idea, the title, the spark comes from something I've felt or something that someone I know feels or something I can imagine feeling. But then I kind of embellish that to make it more interesting and to try to give it a little more context. And... Yeah, Dear Abbas is probably one of my favorite Spencer songs. Oh, uh, thanks. That w- it was my first favorite original song anyways. Excellent. Thank you. How did that song come about? Uh, you know, I think I, I was just, I was listening to some of those artists I mentioned and, and thinking a lot about character and song, and um, that, that kind of was a big focus, too, of uh, my undergrad English thesis project, which was a, a songwriting project, and the idea was that these songs were all coming from the points of view of different people in the same small town that I called St. Judas, Minnesota, and so that, that really kind of helped me get out of my head and think about other points of view, and so a lot of those are, are definitely character songs. And, and I guess with the Spencer McGillicuddy group, too, having the opportunity to write for other vocalists is definitely something that's gotten me out of my head as well, writing for, you know, women to sing. You can write songs that, you know, might not come from your own point of view. Benedict and Halls, at least I'd be close enough to hear you. Speaking of Spencer McGillicuddy songs, um, Ryan wrote, used to think, when did you write this one? This was, uh, I would say, a year or two ago. It was when we were writing songs for our third album, All the Happy People, and uh, it was one that we recorded a rough version of for that album, but didn't end up uh, finishing and putting on the CD, and then uh, we we finished a recording of it and released it online as a single this fall. Do you want to play it for us? Sure. Yeah, give us a little context on the song, uh, maybe um, before we hear it. Sure. Um, so this song, yeah, I think this was one that, that probably didn't come, you know, very directly from any personal experience or anything like that. Um, another great way to get ideas for songs is to, you know, listen to other songs. And, um, especially if you have a songwriting relationship with someone like I do with Mitchell, um, whenever, you know, Mitchell writes a really great song, it it makes me just want to, because, you know, I think there's some like healthy competition and also, you know, we're working together. I need to hold up my end of the, uh, of the work. So I, I remember Mitchell had uh, just showed me a new song he had written called Tell that we did end up re- recording for that album. And I just loved it. It was, um, it had this great kind of wistful mood that Mitchell had written in a lot of songs, but not for a long time. And it kind of captured, um, you know, these, these kind of, uh, these kind of sharp, like sort of kind of teenage feelings. And it was, you know, definitely a song that was kind of looking back. And, um, and so I, I wanted to write something with a similar mood myself. So I just started messing around. And I think, I think this one I, I started with the music and then I kind of came up with this, this hook, a, a lyrical hook, the idea of just like about things that you used to think. And I was just thinking about how my perspective has changed on a lot of things through the years. And uh, it's just, it's just, it's always kind of funny to look back. Like, you know, whenever I've looked at my old journals, I, I don't keep one anymore, but I used to, and I'm always just mortified by the, the ideas I had and the, the uh, you know, ideas that I thought were interesting or intelligent or, or cool. Um, 
at that time are, are so bizarre. And then, you know, add someone else into that equation, which usually a song is is about a relationship and there's another person there. So there's what the singer used to think and there's what the you that, that he's addressing used to think. And I just thought that was kind of an interesting way to look at a relationship that's not there anymore. The things that we used to think and now we probably don't think the same things. So that's kind of the idea that the song came out of. Okay, so here's Ryan Ruff-Smith with Used to Think. Think of me this morning when you're on your way to school Walking by the places that you used to think were cool That by now I'd really know you Yeah, I used to think Lots of things Think of me this evening When it's starting to get late Talking to the people that you used to think were great Used to think that everything would work out Yeah, you used to think now and then Party's done, standing at the sink Darling, give a second thought to all the things you used to think Think of me tomorrow when you're on to some new fad Listening to the records that you used to think were sad Thought by now I'd be thinking of another But I used my thoughts upon you Upon you That was really beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Man, get my own private Ryan Ruff Smith concert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like songwriting a lot of the time is it's kind of like doing a puzzle where like the more pieces you have in there, the easier it is to fill the rest in. Like you can see the, the blanks that are left and it kind of starts to take shape. So, you know, it's such an overwhelming thing when you start because it could be anything and it could be everything. And I think the tendency you know, often I know for me early on was to try to put everything in there and, and to try to do something really big and, and overwhelming and um, dramatic where I think the power of songs is that it c you can have such a laser focus. You don't need that many words to finish the song. And um, because you have this, you know, melodic element, they don't have to carry the same weight that they would in a poem or in a short story. And so um, I think just the more direct, the more simple, and the more clear you can be. 
the, the more suited to the song form they are. Of course, you know, there are lots of different ways to write a song. This is kind of talking about pop songs as mm-hmm. uh, as we know them mm-hmm. in the last century. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My issue when I start with lyrics is that I I think I, I don't think enough about the big picture sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about coming up with the full idea first. Because I, I end up having one verse that's really awesome maybe i think it is anyways yeah yeah and then after that it's like oh the second verse oh i have to come up with something that kind of rhymes the same way fits the same pattern but i don't know i i feel like i i would be better suited off if i didn't think so much about trying to make it the same pattern i mean it's i don't know sometimes it's easier that way but yeah 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 that's know. a tricky thing too when uh, because definitely I've been trying to cram ideas into meters that they just don't fit into um, the way I want them to. And so sometimes, you know, you let the meters slip so the third verse doesn't have the exact same rhyme scheme as the first two. Um, sometimes you let the idea slip, if, you know, like, so you kind of have to make those compromises, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other lyrical tips for people? Yeah, so... It's it's interesting, I and mean, um, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and written all the lyrics first, which is weird because I think of myself as a lyrics first person, but not the whole thing. And so I think, uh, and everyone works totally differently. I know people who who do that, and it and it works out amazingly. But uh, I think I've had a better sense of the big picture when I'm kind of thinking about both at the same time. So kind of coming up with words as I go. But um, but other tips for lyrics um, to repeat something I said. I think I think that. Uh, that clarity is so underrated, ultimately. And when people think about good lyrics, they think about things that seem really audacious. And when you're starting off, you're just kind of trying to blow people's minds or, um, you know, come up w- with all these crazy rhymes and all of that. But uh, the songs that, that to me seem kind of built to last are those that leave a lot of space, narrow their focus, and kind of are okay with being about one thing. I mean, songwriters I think about that are really good at that. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of uh, the um, great American songbook style of songwriting you know people like the Gershwins or Rogers and Hart they they always had those focused ideas and I think the person doing that today kind of carrying on that tradition more than anyone is Stephen Merritt of the Magnetic Fields he always has you know th- these amazing rhymes that are really hilarious but his songs are always so so tightly focused on something and he's he's always got you know a great idea and I, I think I think once you have the practice that an idea for a song is almost as good as having the song, like if you can think of a great idea for a song, like the rest kind of can take care of itself. And again, that's kind of like the the puzzle thing where if you know what it's supposed to look like, if you've got the picture on the box, then it's a lot easier to put it together. Nice. I like that idea. (laughs) (laughs) So we've heard of some of your influences. Who would you say is kind of your, your favorites? Bob Dylan was definitely an early hero. And I think, um, Kind of the danger of getting into someone like him early is, like I said, you kind of yeah, you're he's, he has such an overwhelming gift, and he has these songs with like eight verses and uh, and these really audacious lyrics. So it can kind of maybe make you to try to try to do too much before you're, you're ready as far as lyric writing goes. But I, I think that he's he's someone that's always balanced that so well with focus, and he does use repetition really effectively, and his songs always do have a clear you know central idea. And uh, even in probably my favorite album is is blonde on blonde where it gets into kind of more surreal territory where he's kind of just you know it's these scenes and these images that he's kind of evoking but he's still always got this hook that he keeps coming back to like he's stuck inside a mobile with the memphis blues again you know whatever that means but it's 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 a concrete idea that keeps returning and there's always with him i think uh 
a sense that you're you're in good hands. He knows what he's doing, even if he's going to take you for a bit of a ride. Um, other favorites, uh, I mean, Lennon and McCartney, I, I think are incredible. I, I, I like them both, uh, you know, individually and together, of course. And they did so, just such a wide variety of things. Um, they're also, you know, just masters of that that traditional kind of pop tune craft of getting an, an idea into that two and a half to, you know, four minute space. Um, Tom Waits is is someone that I've been more and more to into lately. And, you know, he, he gets really out there with a lot of his stuff, but he's got definite roots in kind of the American songwriting tradition and a lot of kind of old timey and jazz sounds coming into it. But yeah, he has some some songs that just kill me. As far as more contemporary people, I'm a huge fan of Bonnie Prince Billy. He's, he's one of the few artists that that I love who I think works way harder on his lyrics than he does on his music. He's got some amazing tunes. He's got a great voice. He's got a cool sound. But like his his songs are full of really interesting ideas in a way that I haven't really heard someone successfully write about ideas before. And uh, a, a really different songwriter, but also a contemporary one that, that I love is Joanna Newsom, who mm-hmm. where, whereas... Uh, Usually I go in for focus. She's she's kind of all over the place and she's so audacious and, you know, has has really kind of bizarre vocabulary and gets away with words that should sound super pretentious. But she, she's got just, just such a, a unique style mm-hmm. and, and approach and, and, and sound that mm-hmm. uh, I, I think she's just a blast to listen to. And it's, it's really fun to hear what she can do with words. Mm hmm. With any other style, I feel like her voice would be really annoying. But oh, absolutely. <laughs> just yeah. with like the instrumentation and just the way she writes is just like pretty awesome yeah voice. definitely and my friend billy graves made the observation once that her lyric writing gift is kind of like that of like a rap artist in a way in that it's kind of it's all about the rhyme and it's about the the flow and, and kind of the meter almost you know more than the than the meaning and hmm. i i never i would have never thought of that myself but i i, I think it's true she's just got a real kind of a verbal energy that you don't usually find in you know pop or folk songwriting mm-hmm well, you just released a solo EP recently. I did, yeah, over the summer. Are there any songs on there you'd like to talk a little bit about? Um, you can think of? Sure. I'm, I'm curious which one has the best story behind it. Or, <laughs> Well, I could give you the synopsis version of all four, and then you can decide. All right, let's story. do it. Okay, uh, everything seems to happen at once, just rhymes. <laughs> <There's> like, <laughs> that song's not really about anything. Okay. <laughs> I, that that was kind of at the height of my uh, my Dylan fascination, and I was kind of interested in the way that he paints a scene in, in uh, albums like I was talking about with Blonde on Blonde, and um, it actually ended up being one of the thesis songs. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and so I kind of thought of that as just kind of like the establishing shot of the town. So it's kind of about just all these things happening simultaneously, but mostly I, it was just kind of an experiment in getting two rhymes in per line for an entire song and trying to have it make any kind of sense nice i wrote it in my head in class i remember (laughs) (laughs) wow nice yeah one class st john's uh i don't know if i finished i think maybe i wrote the first verse in class it was theology class (laughs) (laughs) it was a good class i was just yeah Yeah, my mind was elsewhere yeah um It's fun uh, looking back um, at songs you've forgotten about, too, to transition into Are You Lonely is a song that I wrote a chorus to and forgot about, but I had a demo recorded on my computer. Are you lonely? 
when I first started talking to Tyler about doing this, you know, this solo EP project, I just started going through old demos and listening to him, and I heard that chorus thing, and I thought, oh man, I really like that. You know, it's really simple. Um, it's it's not complicated at all. The ideas aren't complicated. The chorus aren't complicated. But there's something about it that just seems very like comforting, and I, I like mm -hmm. music that can like do something for me. You know, like as a listener, like I'm always like, oh, I could use it. You know, really consoling album right now or yeah. you know a pump up album right now so I, I kind of like the idea of making songs for kind of a purpose like that anyway so I, I, I listened to the demo and then just kind of finished it right there in a sitting and wrote a verse for it and recorded a quick new demo and sent it to Tyler and he ended up I, I let him pick which songs we would record because I was interested to see which would float to the top for someone else because it's yeah. it's kind of hard from your own perspective to know which are the um, the most interesting yeah well, he yeah he did an awesome job with this and the Spencer album. That yeah, just came out yeah, too. I, I I just love his work as a producer. I think he's brilliant and he's so easy to work with and mm -hmm. a great guy. And yeah, I know. I'm, and I'm, he'll never be on this podcast, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> because he's 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 kind of a behind the scenes guy. He he is he is, which is funny because he's he's an amazing performer. He is a great songwriter, but it's just kind of a matter of where his interests lie. I think. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think that's great. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, blown away that he's interested in working with me and just hoping he doesn't realize that, that he's way more talented than I am <laughs> before the next EP, which we're hoping to do in January. <laughs> in somebody's dreams Our eyes never met um, In somebody's dreams? It's the so that one is just kind of I, I think was uh, an idea song and when I was just kind of thinking about as structurally interesting and kind of again mm -hmm. yeah when the I, th I think the the title came first and yeah I think there, there are a lot of songs about dreams and I, I was just I just thought it was kind of kind of a funny and kind of an interesting idea to talk about how I'm sure things are fine in someone else's dreams, but, you know, for the narrator, not even not even his dreams are okay. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of just yeah. kind of a miserable cowboy song, which I didn't realize it was a cowboy song again until Tyler produced it, and yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, that's yeah, how that should sound. It totally fits. In somebody's dreams, not mine. Um, and then let's get out of here. Uh... There, there was some, there was some flood in the news at the time, and I don't remember the specifics or regionally where it was happening, but it just kind of made me think about people having to get out of town and then people wanting to get out of town. Let's get out of here, girl, while we still can. Water rising everywhere. I'm a drowning man. It's got a couple biblical. I, I don't know if they're references, but it, you know, kind of. Uh, ideas in there um for no real reason other than you know that a flood kind of suggests mm -hmm. that <laughs> it's interesting how your background growing up catholic kind of seems to have a thread oh yeah a little bit throughout your songs oh yeah yeah um yeah yeah it's i think one of those things that that you know it's it's a, a formative thing you know mm -hmm. anyone's... not that you're about to release a worship record Right well, or, <laughs> no, no. Oh, Ryan's next no, big <laughs> adventure. My, my next move. No, I, th I think, uh, yeah, you know, those those things that you can't quite shake and can't quite get out of your system are kind of the best things to write about. And I think it's a good reason for writing is to be able to kind of work out, um, you know, what it, whatever ideas or or worries or confusions that you have. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, as, as that's something that's 
been a presence throughout my life. I think it's just kind of naturally part of the landscape. Mm -hmm. We still got that fifth of gin and we don't need much, just a little money. Live on locusts and wild honey and everyone will think we're funny. We won't care now, will we, girl? Well, before you went off to grad school, you kind of quit your job. I did. To, yeah. Kind of. Is, is, kind <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going to be doing. That's that's what I told me. That's awesome. So what what kind of advice do you have for me or anyone listening who is going to be embarking out on a jobless adventure doing something they're passionate about? How do you stay on track? And Yeah, I think it's really tough to self-motivate even for the thing that you want to do more than anything for sure you know it's kind of that's doesn't seem right it seems like if it's like the the dream that you want to chase that you should be able to jump out of bed every morning you know thrilled to get to work but i think managing your own time and being your own manager and having to enforce your own productivity is is really different than most of what it's like uh throughout our lives going to school and working and that sort of thing there's usually some kind of external uh motivator so so it is interesting for it to become all internal. I think, um, you know, for me, having a structure really helps having a, a schedule and, and holding myself to it for songwriting or, or writing or anything like that. I'm guessing some part of that, why it's so hard that it's something you really love is that you have such high expectations, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I think, yeah, it feels like there's a lot writing on it, and especially if you make a big move, like, you know, leaving a job or going part-time at a job to put more focus on it, you know, you really want it to be worth it. And I think sometimes there can be this weird psychological thing where you want to try, but I shouldn't say you, this is, you know, more <laughs> me, where I want to try, but I don't want to try too hard because if I try as hard as I can and don't succeed, then I can't blame anyone but myself. And mm. as long as uh, you're not trying your hardest, there's there's an out there. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. But, uh, but no more since you're in grad school now. But no more. You're, yeah, yeah. You're held to standards I possibly yeah yeah or your own standards I guess but. yeah yeah definitely but um yeah no I think it's great I think it's a it's a great thing to do and and I think also you know you can't be too hard on yourself and expect too much all at once you know so um, I think that's important to you but um well I have a challenge for you okay S- speaking of healthy competition with Mitchell <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um so so this podcast doesn't quite yet have an official theme song. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, how would you feel about trying to make one up right on the spot? <laughs> Just make one up right well, on the spot right now? Well, yeah, I mean, we, you can work through it, and maybe it'll be kind of a way to see inside Ryan's brain sure. as he's little, figuring out a song. <laughs> okay, okay, um, yeah, yeah let's, the, let's So, yeah, do the it. name... Um, of the song, or the name of the podcast is Composer Quest. Composer if Quest. that helps. Wow, that's pretty epic. So <laughs> do, you want, do you want Composer Quest to be in the song? Definitely. Um, it doesn't have to be. I, um, I'd say go go where your heart do you, goes. Do you have any, any kind of mood or... Uh, um, mm, you know, I, I probably should give you some constraints, right? Because that's good for art. Sure, if you want, or, um, or I but, can just make well, one. I kind of just want to hear what you would come up with if you were totally on your own. All right, let's give it a try, <laughs> I guess. Um. Working out 
So, yeah, I'm just kind of messing around with some chords and a melody, because um, I'm stalling for time on words. Um, I, I, uh, the phrase that popped in my head right away is working it out, because you're kind of working out, working out how to write a song. I like it. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like it could be a good sitcom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> working it out, finding the world. Working it out, finding ways to say what you need. Or you don't, or you want me. Hmm. Okay, so here's a problem where I've, I've got an idea that I want to get in there, but it's too many syllables. Because I want to say, working it out, finding a way to say what you mean, or what you want to mean. Because I think that's kind oh, of an interesting yeah. distinction. But I'd have to change the melody then, so what am I going to do? Working it out, finding a way to say what you mean, or you want to. I could say want to. That's kind of dumb. Working a way to say what you mean, what you mean. When in doubt, just repeat the last. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like that. The last line. What you mean. Well, wait till you hear Mitchell's. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways. <laughs> kind of glad you haven't heard it yet did he make it up like right on the spot Mm. like just pull it out of nowhere yeah yeah he would (laughs) all right but you know what yours is already more thoughtful i think so (laughs) talking it out trying to figure out what to say what to say I hope most of this will be edited out. So oh, yeah. It makes it sound like yeah. I just made this up at the top oh, of my yeah. head. Oh, good. Of course. Of course, yeah. So here's the song that I just made up just right now without even thinking about it. <laughs> Working it out, trying to find a way to say what you mean. Talking it out, trying to figure out how to play out the scene can you do what you need to pass the litmus test we're going on a composer quest nice all right that's what that was great thanks Thanks for being here, Ryan. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks. To, thanks for having me. Glad to have you back in Minnesota. Oh, glad to while. be back.